0: Hello, Napa Valley lovers. Today we're talking beer. My guest is Don Barkley, and he's been in the craft beer business, well, just about longer than anybody. He is now the brewmaster at Napa Smith Brewery here in Napa Valley, and we'll talk about what it's like to be making beer here in the heart of wine country. He did show up a little bit late to the studio, came in uh, screeching sideways, as they say, but for good reason, which we'll find out about during the show. Um, well, because of this, though, we did get a chance to chat with my announcer, Mr. Lauren Mole, and find out a little bit more about this interesting fellow. Now, before we get to the show, I would like to invite you to come visit us here at Jud's Hill. Um, we're happy to have you come in. We're open daily. We'd love to show you a good time with our fine wines. And uh, we have all our visiting information at www.juddshill.com. While you're there, pick up a little Pinot Noir. We're having a bit of a promotion for my Judd's Napa Valley Show listeners. Either Pinot Noir, our estate, or our Central Coast Pinot Noir. Put that in your shopping cart and type in JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. So JNVS, you'll get 10% off any Pinot order. And that is good through the end of May 2013. While you're there, have a look at our Wine Club page. Wine Club members get a better deal than that on any of our wines. And we're always having a good time. We have events. We have parties. We have dinners. We've got wine, of course. And I'd love to have you be a part of that. Did I mention it's free to join the wine club? Check it out while you're on the website. Oh, something cool happening for our wine club members this summer. We're sending you the home version of our bottle blending day camp. We've become known in the Napa Valley for this. And it's where folks come and we sit down and we put your own special cuvee together. And you get to do the blending. And when you find something you love, we'll bottle it up and you get to take it home. We're sending you the home version of this. And it's a great excuse to have your friends over and have a wine blending party. And even at home, when you come up with something you love and you'd like to have some more of it, let us know what your blend is. We'll bottle it up and send it your way. Details about our bottle blending day camp and visiting, as I mentioned, at Judshill.com. We look forward
1: to having you here at the winery and enjoy the show. From the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Fengelstein. Thank you, Lauren Mole. Good morning, Judd. Good
0: morning, and live, sitting right across from me, the voice of Judd's Napa Valley Show, Mr. Announcing Napa Valley himself, Lauren Mole. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, John. <laughs> it's great to have you here, sir. Thanks, as always, for joining me and adding a little class and professionalism to this broadcast. Why, sure. It's, so, my, it's my honor. Oh, well, I'm, I'm always always very happy to have you. Tell me what's going on. You are always up to something. We never really get a chance to find out what, what Lauren's doing. Where we go right to the guest, but you're, you're an active guy and involved in quite a bit. What's, what's the latest?
1: Well... Very soon, I will be working on another play over in uh, Sonoma at the Sonoma Veterans Auditorium. And what is that play? It's Annie, and I'll be playing President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Is that right? Can you give us a little preview? Do you know some of your lines? Uh, sure, I can give you one. Okay. Criticism, darn it. Nothing but criticism. My friends, I say again, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you get to do you get to sing in this one? Uh, well, I do, but just a little bit. What
0: what what number do you? Oh, the singing? tomorrow reprise. Ah, does that come towards the end of this show?
1: Uh, pretty much towards the end of the White House scene.
0: Okay, I haven't seen any in a long time. I I'm I'm due for another, another viewing. So, what are the dates, and how can folks come to see this?
1: Uh, the the play takes, it takes place May ninth through the twelfth at the Sonoma Veterans Auditorium. Uh, I think tickets are, either seventeen dollars or fifteen dollars for children and adults. Hey, what a bargain! Yeah. I I just get the prices mixed up, so please accept my apologies.
0: (laughs) Of course, that's fine. So basically, someone should just... uh, I don't have the website in front of me, unfortunately, but uh, if you do a Google search or something like that for Uh, Annie at the Sonoma uh,
1: Veterans Auditorium... I think they might... I'm not sure if they do have a website. Oh, okay. (laughs) Somehow people will find a way
0: to get tickets to come see you and Annie. And uh, can you give me that nothing to fear but fear itself again? That was great.
1: My friends, I say again, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself.
0: Ah, Tony Award winning. I see it in your future. You've done quite a few productions, haven't you? This is not new to you. It's not new to me. What what else have you been doing? Last week, or was it two weeks ago, we found out that you perform in the Napa Valley Community Chorus when we had our guest Terry Bradford here. Um, So you're singing there, and you've you've done some
1: other productions? Um, Well, a lot of other productions in Sonoma quite a lot, but only one at the St. Helena High School. That was my very first one. What was that? Oh, Peter Pan. Oh, no kidding. I'm, I'm serious. And we haven't been back there ever since. <laughs> well, well, it's about time you did get
0: back. What What's it going to take to get you to grace the St. Helena stage again?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know yet. They just haven't been back there for 12 years. It was 12 years ago? That was 12 years ago. You're a young man. You must have been just a little kid. Times have changed. I'll say so. And is it because,
0: is it, are you the guy that doesn't want to grow up <laughs>
1: Peter no. Pan? No, I was actually one of the Lost Boys back then.
0: Oh, really? Right. So you got to wear fun costumes. Fun and, costumes, yeah. And battle Captain Hook. Uh,
1: well, that was, that was later. Later in the show. Well, actually later, some few years later, I got to be one of the pirates. From Lost Boys to pirates. Oh, so you've done Peter Pan multiple Four times. Time. Really? Four times. But now, unfortunately, they don't do it anymore. Who doesn't? Oh, Broadway-bound kids in Sonoma. They don't do Peter Pan anymore. They just cut it. They scrapped it.
0: Why? Just too many times? It's time to retire, move on to new horizons, new shows? No,
1: it it was actually because of the (laughs) flying insurance. Oh, did they really hook up somebody to fly? Yes, and what happened was they hired a a flying company to do the flying, and they just wouldn't do it, so they had to cut it. What would you like to be doing? What is your goal? What, What part would you like to play? Oh, in Peter Pan? In, no, in any production. What's your dream, dream part? Oh, uh, any, any play that has a broadcaster in it, I'm up for it. Oh, yeah. Let's see.
0: Let's see. What would that be? I'm trying to think of plays that might have a, an announcer. Can you think of any off the top? How about writing one? You're a creative fella. Maybe. Maybe so. Right. You'd be perfect for the part. I wouldn't even audition you. I'd just say, give that kid a part. There you go. You, and Which I kind of did last uh, Friday. You came down to the winery, Jud's Hill. I did. And uh, we were doing a live studio audience taping of our web series called Wine Booty. It's pirate-themed, hence the name Wine Booty. And um, it's the very first time we've ever had a studio audience join us. It's usually just me. Uh, and a guest and a pirate, and I set up cameras, and I run around and push record, 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 and then I run and sit down, and we do a show, and nobody's there to watch it. And this is the very first time that we have had uh, folks in. And uh, you were there in the audience, and, um, man, you know, I can't pass up that opportunity to, to have a professional announce, so we got you up there on stage, and,
1: and you gave us the professional introductions, and I, I thank you for that. Why, sure, but I had to change the intro around a bit Oh, yeah. What did you do? Well, I had to change it around just in order to stay out of confusion with this show.
0: Ah, because your tendency would have been to say Judd's Napa Valley show. Right,
1: and I would have tended to say from the 1440 KVON studio, but I had to change it to Judd's Hill Winery.
0: Which you did. You did that with Grace. You couldn't tell that you were conflicted at all. That's right. You are a professional. You know, have you ever thought about, uh, you know, hiring yourself out for special events and... And giving people introductions, the Lauren Mole treatment at all the events that
1: happen around Napa Valley? Well, I tend to do other public speaking engagements. Yeah? Right. Such as? Well, once a year, I've been the Master of Ceremonies for the Annual Community Advisory Committee Awards, which are held near the end of the school year at the uh, NVUSD District Building.
0: Oh, is that right? That's true. And so what are your what are your obligations there as, as Master of Ceremonies?
1: Oh, I get to present the awards. And I tell... A little something about the, the award recipients.
0: And do you write all the uh, announcements, and do you write your own script, or is somebody there... Oh, I uh, do. You do.
1: I do it on my Word document.
0: It's all you. It's all me. You get the Lauren style. Excellent. Any other
1: gigs coming up? Um, I think that's all I can think of as of now. <laughs> How about the community chorus? Are you still singing with them? Uh, we, we are. You
0: are? Okay. And we've got something coming up. Uh, this weekend, speaking of um, you know community events, over again at Judd's Hill, we are having our seventh annual, I can't believe it's been going on this many years, our seventh annual Springtime Bonanza. And this is, it's a party we put on every year. It's a benefit for the Napa Valley Youth Symphony. In the past, we've had other local bands play, but this year, it's all youth symphony. They're going to be playing. It's going to be a beautiful day. We've got a big stage set up, so... I'm um, I'm happy to get whatever we can get, if it's a trio or a quartet, but if they can send along a, a, a quintet, a sextet, a septet, an octet, whatever, whatever, we'll take it. Um, it's always a pleasure to hear these very talented kids playing you know, their, their brand of beautiful classical music. And um, along with the youth symphony playing, we will also have championship award-winning barbecue lunch for those in attendance. Of course, Judd's Hill Wines. And this is going to be on Sunday. This is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, from noon till 2.30 at Jud's Hill, 2332 Silverado Trail. Details are at judshill.com. And uh, it's free if you're a Jud's Hill wine club member. No charge to come for you and a guest. And uh, if you are a wine club member bringing a guest, that guest is 25 and then I think general public is $55. Even at 55 with the food and the entertainment you're going to get in the wine, definitely a bargain to be had. Now let's turn our attention to our very special
1: guest. He brews the beer that's dear and dear. So give a chair to this man here.
2: Don Barkley! Hey, 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 this is Don here. You know, Judd, this is wonderful having an opportunity to be here and to uh, talk to you. And I would have been here a little bit earlier, you know, but I had a baby this morning. You had a baby Aww, this morning, Don? That's right, and I'm just all excited. Yeah, what, absolutely. Wait, wait, what do you mean you had a baby this morning? Well, I had a baby this morning. It's, it's, it's just some of the things that happen out there in nature, you know? <laughs> and what are you doing here, then, if you had a baby this morning? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh let me explain a little bit. Actually, it was a cow. One of my cows had a baby, a little baby cow Ah, this morning. Don had a cow. I had a cow this morning. That's exactly right. So I was, I spent a little time there, searching around and trying to find where is that little cow. And there it was in the in the grass. But the nice thing about cows is they love brewers spent grain. Oh, it's almost like you know, like Wheaties in the morning, or you know, something like that. And oh my God, they just love brewers spent grain. So every time we make a batch of beer. We're making a bunch of food for the cows. It's sort of this whole natural process. It's secondary resources. Is there still alcohol in this grain when you give it to the cows? You know, not right off the bat. <laughs> Maybe once it's in their belly, it uh, it starts to get a little bit exciting because they do sort of leap around a little bit and uh, run all over the hills. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty interesting.
0: I've heard of this happening. There, there was a winery up on Silverado Trail that was uh, dumping its... Um, the pressings, you know, the pumice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Into a cow pasture. And of course the pumice, after the wine is pressed out, still has plenty of alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. These cows were chomping that up and happy <laughs> getting happy, happy Oh, absolutely
2: yeah. oh yeah by the way
0: yeah. this is Don Barkley joining us he is the brewer the brew master That's right. at Napa Smith Brewery here in Napa Valley and um, I'm honored that you're here I'm a big fan of what you do and you I think you're a cool guy but I'm I'm especially honored because I know what a crazy schedule you have I didn't know you were having a baby this morning but I know you're going to England in a few hours.
2: That's right. Off to London. You're yes, there to indeed. meet and
0: greet and talk and quaff. and what's?
2: That's exactly right. Well, we have some uh, a, a couple of brewers over there uh, that I'll be visiting, and that'll be some kind of fun. Uh, well, visiting brewers is always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a chance that we can import some of our Napa Smith beer to England, to jolly old England. How and, cool. Uh, so there's one particular uh, group that... Has a number of different pubs, and they have expressed an interest in possibly bringing some of the Napa Smith beer in. So, I've just got to get over there and talk it up with them and find out how it uh, how it might work out. And not only, you know, it's it's really interesting. Of course, uh, being involved in the Napa Valley and the reputation that Napa Valley has for such great wines, great food, great place, right now, great weather. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It really perks people's interest. So we have beer, not only this possibility of getting into England, yeah, but also, where they're going to drink it warm, you know, know? The, you know, and that's just fine. Okay, that's just fine with me. We'll okay, take on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we can get going on that. But okay. we also import quite a bit of beer to Sweden. Is that right? Yeah, no kidding. So right now we're doing oh in the order of about oh probably thirteen hundred cases a month. A month. A month to Sweden. To Sweden. Those guys love good beer. Yeah, true enough. Oh, but. Yeah.
0: But they've recognized that your beer is exceptional enough. Well, of course it is, but it's good to know because, (laughs) you know, you think Europe has such a grand history of brewing that they would just – you know, stick to what they've got and been doing for centuries, but they're uh, recognizing uh, your excellence in Napa Valley.
2: Well, you know, that's absolutely uh, right. They have a great brewing tradition, and, and I'm sure as we uh, go along with our discussions, we can talk some more about, you know, what Europe has because it has all that history, and a lot of it came to the U.S. back in the day, and uh, now we're able to, well, I guess, export some of that expertise back over to uh, Sweden, and I think. I think they're just uh, mad about, uh, well, in particular, our, our, our the one beer that we make organically, the organic IPA. Yeah, one of my favorites that it, you do. It's a fantastic beer. And we send, uh, that's the principal product that we're sending over there to, um, to Sweden. Sweden is, I believe, one of the largest consumers of organic products. And because oh, we're okay. a certified organic uh, producer of this organic IPA, they are just loving it. Is there much
0: organic beer out there, or is it just because your organic beer is so much better than any other
2: organic beer, or <laughs> a little of both? <laughs> of course, our beer is, our organic beer is better than any out there, but well, that uh, that there saying, is really. not a whole lot of organic beer, but there is a significant quantity in regards to, oh, I think there are probably about, uh, tw- about 20 breweries in the United States specifically designing the, around the organic production, which right? actually... It doesn't sound like that many, given that there
0: are thousands of breweries, hundreds. I mean, how Close many? Close
2: to two thousand, okay. and there's another probably thousand on the drawing board that will be opening in the next uh, few years if they get their act together. I suppose All you right. could say. And only a few are doing organic, and you're only at the top of the heap. You got it. At least for our, our our organic IPA, right? We won a silver medal at the Great American Beer Festival two years ago with that product, and mm. it's uh, it's good.
0: That's really cool to hear that you were getting over there to Europe, and it's something I wanted to talk to you about because you, based here in Napa Valley, I think grew your following here, but now you seems like you're really expanding. I do a bit of traveling, and I'm, I'm, I'm delighted when I see Napa Smith outside of Napa Valley and you know, up and down California, but then sometimes i'm out of state and i'll see it on a list or in a cooler or something like that where 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 all are you selling napa smith
2: well you know we have great plans of you know yeah. continuing to grow the company and get it uh, and at the same time be a small family operations which we really are i mean we are a, a very small group of people that are uh, tight and have that lovely feeling of uh, you know a good small company has yeah. and yet at the same time we have grand plans for expanding the company and and growing the business so we're really i guess you might describe it as high spotting the uh, uh, different areas around the country and some of these international markets as well. So we have great penetration into the Napa Valley because this is our home and this is where we want to be recognized and be a part of the community. But uh, we do, we sell a lot of beer in Florida, Disney World. um, The mouse loves his IPA. So uh, I'm glad that that they actually serve it. You know, you go to
0: yeah. Disneyland here in California, you can't get a drop unless you remember that private Club 33. You know, no wine, no beer. Yeah. You go next door to California Adventure, they serve it. But Disney World has seems to have always embraced being think, able to have a beer if you want one. I, glass I think wine. so.
2: It's still not the easiest thing to find, but at least they have restaurants with, with that included. And, uh, So that it's great to have our beer there. Of course, that's good bragging rights. So we're we're spread around in various spots around the uh, around the country, but you know the whole idea here is to grow that company and make more beer. Well,
0: congratulations on getting there, and uh, best of luck in getting it. Further spreading the message of Napa Smith. So, but, but what's it like making beer? I mean, we're here in wine country. This is Napa Valley, we're renowned for our <laughs> wine and wine culture. And here you are making a name in beer.
2: It, well, you know, anybody who's in the know in the wine business knows that... The, um it takes a lot of good beer to make great wine. <laughs> That's right. That's and, the old uh, adage. So I think that we've uh, uh, filled in that spot there. We're we're making a high quality, unique uh, character uh, beer in the Napa Valley, but it's embraced by the you know various uh, winemakers and and the community in general. So. In that sense, it took a little while. I mean, mm-hmm. as new, we've only been open for five years. And so, as new guys on the block, it, it took a little while for people to say, okay, they're here to stay. Right. And they do make quality product again and again and again. So, it's uh, really interesting. The There is a significant difference uh, between making wine and making beer, and the fact that I, I love a quote from Jack McAuliffe, who started the New Albion Brewing Company back in 1977. Part of your I, history. As well. part of my history yeah. History. it's where I actually started brewing professionally it was at the New Albion Brewing Company in 1978 oh. Jack McAuliffe uh, ran that plant and he said there's a, a main difference between uh, brewers and winemakers and that difference is that brewers are industrialists and winemakers are poets Oh. And so it's a nice, it's a sort of interesting way to look at it because uh, a winemaker uh, produces his, his wine and he has this creative thing coming from the land and uh, the fermentation and letting that go naturally, building the wine as it goes through its process of aging and then prior to bottle doing the you know, blends and, and other things like that. And it's sort of like uh, painting with oils, if you will. You're building up this beautiful piece of art
0: yeah I like to think of wine as an art form. exactly sure, of course, I, I think
2: I was kind of, I, <laughs> the next thing is to look at brewers as industrialists. And every day we are uh, crushing our grain. Every day we're fermenting a batch of beer. Every day we're filtering, every day we're bottling. So we're very much all through the year. There's no slack time. We're just making beer all year okay. round, and every day we're fermenting and bottling and filtering. And so it's much more of a sort of production oriented type of uh affair now we still of course have our creativity we still produce incredible products absolutely but the whole mm, pace of the work is much more industrial
0: i can see that i not to diminish my own status as a poet you know as a vintner (laughs) as you mentioned but it seems like um and i think you really were a force behind this because you've been in the craft brewing business probably longer than Anybody I might have started the whole movement?
2: I do get to lay claim on being the most experienced American craft brewer in the industry today. There you go. Uh, I don't know how big a f- frog that is and what size pond. but
0: uh. <laughs> I think you're a pretty good-sized frog. Yeah. Uh, wait, huh? No, so, hmm. But, but I, I see that there is more of the artsiness coming into beer with the, the craft brewing, where I see people talking about the type of hops they're using and the, and the different production techniques um, being employed to affect different flavor qualities and the subtleties. And now um, beer dinners even are (laughs) coming about. You know, Kitchen Door here in Napa has a regular series uh, where they pair the foods of different courses with different um, beers from different breweries. And it really has taken on a life as an art form, maybe more of an industrial art form, but certainly... Well, There's an art to it. Y-
2: you know, you're a- you're absolutely right. There are the uh, the beer dinners, people paying attention to beer as part of a healthy lifestyle, as opposed to just drinking a six pack on Super Bowl Sunday. Right. And uh, for the uh, American uh, brewers in the '60s and the '70s, it was all about producing a particular type of beer and that was a light American lager. So Mm -hmm. we'd get uh, visitors from Europe that would come into the U.S. and they, oh my God, the U.S. is a wasteland for beer. There's (laughs) there's no good beer here. Well, there was a lot of good beer but it was all one type, all one style of beer. That Mm. type of beer that is great on a really hot day when you're out there mowing the lawn and you need just a thirst quencher. But nowadays what you see is just this incredible plethora of different styles and types of beers. Uh, Everything from uh, sours and Belgians and uh, big amber ales and great big alcoholic uh, uh, triple IPAs, all these different styles and types of beer are everywhere and around the United States. So, uh, you know, even beers that are being uh, made with different types of herbs in them, uh, rosemary or uh, ginger, we have our ginger wheat, for instance. Yeah, it's It's delicious. It's really nice. But What's happened in the United States is that we've gone from this wasteland of beer to the avant-garde of the entire brewing community of the world. Wow! And so people are coming from all over the world just to see how the craft brewers are doing it in the United States, and they're taking that home. And that's part of the reason why uh, Sweden is so excited about our beer or England. So now the U.S. is exporting these different styles. School in you know. the rest of the world now. That's right. You got it.
0: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Master Brewer Don Barkley of Napa Smith Brewery. In the meantime, I'm going to I'm going to crack one open.
1: And now back to Judd's Napa Valley Show with your host Judd Fingleside, and his special guest. Napa Smith Brewmaster, Don Barkley. Don, welcome back. Well, thank you, Judd.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Let's talk about beer. Let's talk about Napa Smith. Let's talk about you as a brewer. All
2: right. Yeah, no problem at all. You know, well, the brewery, as I mentioned, was about five years old. But what really got us exciting the other day is that we actually were able to, two years ago, open our pub. And that is really great because now we actually have a spot right up front where we can meet and greet all the people who love good beer and serve it right there. So it's wonderful. We've just uh, extended our hours, actually, in the pub now. So we're open from 11 until 8 at night. That was the thing. You know, I used to like to pop in there, but it was tough because
0: you closed at 5. Yeah. And, you know... I don't do well drinking during the day that
2: well. <laughs> it's hard to get out. But now we can go till what time now? Yeah, until uh, basically we state 730, but we're able to stay open until 8 o'clock. And, of course, that was part of, uh, you know, moving away from being uh, just the hours of a tasting room, which was the Hakusan Sake Factory, of course, used to uh, reside.
0: Oh, so you were under their permit, uh, I that's see. That's
2: right. And so we are able to extend those hours and get them a little bit longer. We're open Every day of the year, except for Christmas and Thanksgiving, and it's uh, there from 11 until 8 o'clock. And we, of course, we have some lovely uh, events. Uh, we're trying to do one or two events a month.
0: You're always doing something. I feel like you're yeah. the uh, yeah. what, what Judd's Hill is to the wine. We always have some <laughs> event going on. You are to the to the beer. Yeah, um, exactly. What's, what's coming up?
2: Well, of course, uh, it, traditionally we always have the. Um, uh, our Oktoberfest celebration, which was really a kick. I mean, uh, it uh, it's it's going to be a little while yet because we're not into uh, the end of September, early October, right. but uh, it is with the American Canyon Chamber of Commerce. And talk about a small-town Oktoberfest. Uh, yeah. It is just a kick. So you can wear your lederhosen and uh, I may drink. I You know, I'm sure you will. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, in the past, of course, we've had the wine pirate show up, and uh, he won beer for a year, one year, as a matter of fact. He did,
0: Captain Wiley Raven. Before you got here, we were talking about wine booty, and that. for those that don't know, um, he... Captain Wiley Raven is uh, my co-host on that series. And, uh, yeah, he showed up at your Oktoberfest. Uh, That's right. And won beer for a year in a beer raffle.
2: Beer for a year in a raffle there at the Oktoberfest. And, boy, his <laughs> eyes lit up, and uh, he was he was delighted.
0: Yeah, you know, he did some swashbuckling on yeah, uh, <laughs> he I helped him load did. that up. I'm not sure if you've you know, given me any of that beers. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, he is a pirate. He kind of hoarded it. Um, and I hear he's kind of become part of the lore at Napa Smith. Is that true? There's a poster of him that overlooks the bottling line? Exactly.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Wiley Raven has to be uh, over the top of the bottling line. Otherwise, everything just falls apart. I don't know what it is, but there's a, a delightful poster of him with his beer for a year over <laughs> the top of the bottling line. It was just thrown up there. as just a, a unique piece of decoration, but uh, we realized one time when we took it down to present it elsewhere that the bottling line just would not work without Wiley looking... Looking over us. So, uh, yeah, he's an integral part of the operation at this point.
0: I love it that the wine pirate is <laughs> the good luck totem of Napa Smith Brewery's bottling line. That's, That's great. What about, what about bringing him in? Do you ever have ever, like, a special bottling where he could just stand there for hours on end watching Oh, of course. You know, I'm he sure he could we glare could, uh, at you and could, make sure everything goes that, well. That's
2: right. He uses that saber in such a you know horrible <laughs> way as well. I'm sure you <laughs> threaten everybody. <laughs> that sounds actually that
0: sounds horrible. We want to keep things positive yeah. and fun. No threatening. Um, you've you've been you've been brewing a long time. What what is actually? Let's go back even further before oh, yeah. you started brewing. Let's. You have an amazing history in Napa Valley.
2: That's right. Uh, it, it, Napa Valley is kind of the family, uh, the fi- family home, and in the uh, uh, right about the 1950s, uh, pardon 19. Let's get our decades and okay. uh, and 1850s. My great great uh, grandfather. Moved into the Napa Valley, and he moved into St. Helena, California, and in the 1850s. Yeah, so really one one of the first settlers settlers there. mm -hmm. Wow, that's right. He had a farm uh, right at the where the Pope Street Bridge is in the Napa Valley there, or in uh, St. Helena, uh, where the college is now. That was your old and family uh, that's farm? That's right. We had a family farm there. He actually had a small winery. He's part of the, um, <laughs> David Cole is his name, and he has uh, part of the Ghost Winery Tour. You can see where his winery was. I think it isn't, there's really nothing there except a, a door at this point. And, um, he also raised hops. And really? And uh, the hops are what really took him down. In the end, because Uh-oh. there was a hop blight, and it happened to be downy mildew, similar to what you know problems we have with grapes. Right, but, right. Uh, in this case, in the 1880s, uh, in the late 1880s, there was a hop blight uh, that took out tremendous acreage of hops, and his hop fields went down the tubes. Oh, no. And he had to move in with Grandpa Greenfield. And so uh, great-grandpa Greenfield then uh, was also uh, started in Woodland, California, but then moved to the Napa Valley. And he uh, married David Cole's daughter. And they lived in St. Helena. He so had,
0: Greenfield, as in Greenfield Road, as in, in Greenfield Road, which is, which is where where our I, original Juds Hill Winery
2: was up there. That's right, and it also happens to be that we were neighbors because our uh, family property that we have left here in the valley is at the very end of Greenfield Road, and so, oh, we a nice so that is your family piece of property there. Yeah. So um, Charles Greenfield owned. Uh, let's see. I think he had the uh, lumber yard in St. Helena. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had one of the first cars in the valley, as a matter of fact, <laughs> wow. back in that day. He also, uh, there's a bank in St. Helena that he had a, a, some ownership as well. And my grandparents uh, moved onto to this property on Greenfield Road. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And uh, in the 50s. And of the course, the 1950s. I, 1950s yeah. yeah, we're back to the 1950s, <laughs> okay. and uh, so I would spend time. Although I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, every summer I would come up to St. Helena in the 50s and 60s and 70s, and and helped Grandpa on the uh, <laughs> on the farm. And of course, we had all of our celebrations, be it Christmas or Thanksgiving, up in this area all as well. That's That's so, yeah, I go way back in the Napa Valley. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's Not really a lot fun. of
0: folks can claim that history. now, just to get back to uh, great grandfather, great-great grandfather, uh, Cole, with yes. those hops, was he brewing?
2: He was not brewing beer, but he was producing hops for the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, and of course Santa Rosa had some breweries. Actually, I'm sure that Napa had a brewery or two as well. There must have been. Yeah, must have been. I don't know where that was. It's in your genetic code somewhere. Then, if he was growing hops, way back when. I do have a genetic code uh, Mm -hmm. for brewing. You know, some people are great at making shoes, and other people are doing, you know, making music. And I just really dig making beer. When did you discover that? Well, it uh, it was actually my. senior year in high school. Yeah, I, not that Naturally. it was particularly yeah. uh, <laughs> legal. I
0: think, um, I think a lot of us senior year in high would be like, dude, wouldn't it be awesome it to be, make a beer?
2: That's right. Exactly right. So I started making beer uh, way back uh, when in 1971 made my first batch of beer. My brother-in-law, Jim, was in Santa Cruz, California, and he was making wine. And I went down and I helped him make wine, which was really fun. Of course, we had you know barbecue and we had music. It was just a delightful time. And I said, wow, Jim, now that we've Squished all these grapes and all the rest. When can we start drinking it? And he said, Well, about a year. (laughs) You know, as a high school guy, a year was just, you know, that was like another lifetime. Patience may be a virtue, but it's not for me. (laughs) That's right. So then I started to think, uh, Well, maybe I can make beer. And so I started to uh, get a few. uh, Ingredients together to make beer. And I got that out of San Jose, California. There was only one place in San Jose that you could get uh, malt extract. It was basically illegal to homebrew at that point in time. Really? Making wine, of course, was okay, but you couldn't make beer, so that had to be a a law that was passed. And I got uh, so involved with it, it became such a consuming hobby so to speak, <laughs> that uh, I went back to school and went through the University of California, Davis, and did the whole fermentation science major, graduated from there in 19... Uh, now i got to get my decades straight here. It must have been 1981 right. uh, in brewing science and um, fermentation science with an emphasis on brewing, got married and got a job at the New Albion Brewing Company all at the same time. So the New Albion Brewing Company was in Sonoma, California, and it was the very first microbrewery, craft brewery, to open up in the United States. I mentioned before, Jack McAuliffe was the fellow who started that. It was the first. The very first craft brewery since Prohibition. Okay. So after Prohibition, of course, breweries just died off like mad, and there became this... uh, Uh, industrial uh, approach to larger, bigger breweries, beer that tasted the same in New York as it did in uh, San Francisco, Uh, sort of the white bread of uh, (laughs) brewing, if you will, this whole emphasis on bigger corporations. But Jack wanted something better or different. Yeah, Jack uh, actually had uh, spent a lot of time in Scotland. Uh, He was uh, dealing on the... uh, Um, upkeep of the nuclear submarines, and uh, during that time, he learned uh, great beer because he was in Scotland and England and those areas, Uh and so he came back to the U.S., and he said, I'm going to start a brewery. So we were making uh, 45 gallons or three kegs uh, at a batch and uh, producing about 100 cases of beer a week. We actually, when I went on, we had to jack that up to 120 cases of beer a week just to support just to the support extra the ex- employee. That's right. Okay. That, that was a, What were you making? Uh, let's see. I was make, the very first year I was working there, actually, I worked for beer. And that Oh, was, you weren't getting paid? No. You know these guys who have the little sign out there on the side of the road? I didn't have to hold the sign up, but I did work for beers. You got the that? gig anyway. I got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> so I was working uh, during the summers when I was going to UC Davis, and so I would get a uh, case of beer a week and all I could drink on the job. So that it worked out pretty good. Hey, that sounds yeah. like a pretty sweet deal. Lots of naps after <laughs> the after the um, uh, New Albion Brewing Company closed in 1983, uh, we started the Mendocino Brewing Company in Mendocino, California, the Hopland Brewery, and that's where we developed Red Tail Ale, and I made Red Tail and Blue Heron and and Eye of the Hawk, and so I was the master brewer there for 25 years, growing that company. Red Tail is one of yours.
0: That's right. That is the very first time I think. I realized I could enjoy beer. I wasn't a big beer drinker as a mm-hmm. kid. I mean, that sounds funny, mm-hmm. but you know, once I got into college, I just I didn't dig the the keggers or going out. And I think right. I went to a um a Grateful Dead concert. Oh, yes. In about 19, who knows, <laughs> early 90s. Yeah um, I was I was in uh, Arizona. Oh yeah. And there was a guy walking around the parking lot with a cooler saying, <laughs> you know, red tails uh, And a little rhyme that I can't repeat on the air, but it's basically what the blank, it's only a buck. Yeah. You know? Uh Like, Uh oh I've got a dollar. I'll take a I don't know how he's making money only selling it for a dollar. But (laughs) probably he's had something else in his cooler too that I didn't (laughs) know about. But yeah, I got a red tail, drinking it in the parking lot, wow, this is fantastic. And it's probably the first time I ever went out and bought beer Uh was red tail because I had it Uh and liked it and now I get to say thank you to you, personally. Thanks, <laughs> well, Don. Thank you Don. very much.
2: <laughs> and it was really, uh, that you know, okay. that was the very start of these great, incredible, flavorful beers. And it's really wonderful. And the Grateful Dead connection, I don't know why that came up, but it was uh, really strong for a long time. They were, I, You know, we didn't send anybody out into the parking lots with no. red tails. <laughs> was
0: it one of your reps? <laughs> it it could have been.
2: That's how we got it for a bucket bottle. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Red Tail Ale was really the start of the what could be considered the West Coast Amber Ale, and we made a a, a ton of it and had a great time. 2007, then I left the Mendocino Brewing Company uh-huh. and uh, decided to move down to back down to Napa, back down home, and spend some time with my father, who's uh, in his 80s right now. So yeah. he and I uh, hang out up there at the ranch, and then I can uh, come down and uh, operate the. Napa Smith Brewery, so that was really something special. I knew that we could get into uh, Napa with a good, high-quality product that people could really appreciate, and uh, you know, make good beer. We can make a big IPA, but you know, we can also make a really great pilsner, a really good amber beer. So we have flavors for every palate, and I appreciate
0: that, um, you know, personally, and, and folks that I've brought over to the pub, and certainly the Wine Pirate, who I often see at your pub. Um, what I like to do is go there and get one of your flights. You know, you can oh, yeah. sit down and get several of the beers in smaller yes. glasses and get a chance to taste, um, yeah, pretty much everything you're you're making over there.
2: Yeah, yeah, we have actually we we have ten beers on tap all the time, and so for uh, for. And we call it a taste of 10, 10 mm-hmm. for 10. So for 10 bucks, you're going to taste of 10 beers. Wow, and that's a deal. That's a good deal. And uh, so each one of those beers. And it, and like I said, it goes everything from a nice, light um, Pilsner beer to a, a lovely traditional English ale to a fine amber, uh, right on up to a great, big, incredible uh, alcoholic hoppy mm-hmm. IPA, what we that we call hop again. I was about
0: to bring that up. I had that last time, and it it knocked me. Oh yeah. Figuratively it didn't really knock me off the stool. I, I didn't drink a whole uh, yeah. What do you call it? what is your growler? You know, yeah. I didn't drink a growler of it, <laughs> but uh, I loved it. Yeah. And it was so well balanced. I. Mean, I I don't know if this sounds good or not. I couldn't taste the alcohol. You know? Uh-huh. It, it was... Exactly. Everything was as it should be. The yeah. flavors were integrated. Um, as I said, the balance was perfect, and it was just one of the best... Um Quaffs I've
2: had in a long time. Well, it's one of those things that we or that I, I guess, sort of really try to uh, do in all of, of my brewing and all the creativity is to make a good drinkable, balanced product. So Hopageddon might have 144 IBUs. I'll explain that in a second. Explain it
0: now. We're running late on time. Is that
2: right? Okay. Well, an IBU is International Bitterness Units yeah. and commonly now with the popularity of IPAs, the amount of bitterness in a beer is very important, so it's become part of the marketing. Hasn't it's it? part of the marketing, yeah. and so a an IPA will have about seventy-five IBUs. Um, an American light lager will have about twelve. Not much. Yeah, not so, much. So,
0: so the Hop has almost twice as much as a big. Uh,
2: that's right, IB, and it, it it didn't taste bitter to me. And that's because of the amount of malted barley that we have balancing it. So the malty flavors and a little bit of sweetness in there helps to coat the palate so that that aggressive hop uh, doesn't attack you right off the bat. Once you've swallowed the beer, then that bitterness will start to pick up. And that's when that 9.5% alcohol will begin to pick up as well. Oh, that's good stuff.
0: <laughs> I've got to ask you something, Dom.
2: Yeah. Do you go nuts for
0: donuts? Oh, yeah. bring it on. You got donuts? Of course <gasps> I got donuts. Whoa. Here's what I need you to do. Okay. Pick a number between. it Used to be one and six, but I realized uh, the guest and Lauren were only eating two, and I was eating four, and not feeling so well after the show. So we've got four donuts here. Pick, pick a number between one and four.
2: Between one and four, uh, yeah. um, two.
0: Two. You have chosen. Let's see. Number two is the. Which one is that?
2: Well, is is that? I, I'm 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 thinking maybe it's the uh, chocolate covered uh, donut right there. Oh yeah, there. I got, that, I got yeah.
0: I inverted my numbers. Here you go. Oh, Take that. Oh, Sorry, yeah. that's what confused me. That, yeah, that's the a chocolate two, cake all
2: over it. Uh huh.
0: Go ahead. Have a bite. Have a bite. Uh-huh. And um, mm. while you're mulling the flavors over mm-hmm. of that delicious chocolate cake donut, mm-hmm. think about which mm. which wonderful beverage in this world would you be pairing with that chocolate cake donut? Feel free to plug one of your own too.
2: Oh my gosh, John! What a question! That, that's incredible, but it's—you <laughs> really pulled this on me, didn't you? Okay, a donut and uh, and the chocolate cover. Of course, this goes towards a uh, a rich amber ale with a lot low hops, low bitterness. But a nice big uh, sort of sweet maltiness that can go along with it as well. And then you've got a nice, so that sweetness would help balance the sweetness in the donut as well. Uh, The bitterness would not go well. So I'm thinking a a nice big amber ale, maybe even the Lost Dog or our our straight-up amber ale. You could also go with an English... hmm, I'm writing this down, by the way, because I plan on going out <laughs>
0: later and having a lost dog in Amber Ale. And in an English.
2: Oh, uh, uh, You tell me when you a, get back a from Boddington's. England. A Boddington's. I'd say a Boddington's would be probably very nice. With a chocolate this. cake donut. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. <laughs> now let's play America's favorite party game. Ooh, Judd's Napa Valley Show's Mad Libs. Oh, my God. You remember how this okay. works. Yeah. Take you back I mean, to Mad school. Libs. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. You know what to do. Okay. Give me a plural noun. Brewers. Oh. Close to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. You know what? Actually, that makes way too much sense. If we put that in, here. Is that right? We it want... really does. Oh, okay. Do you have another plural noun? I'm sorry to. I'm 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 calling uh I'm calling that one
2: out. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna say cows then. Cows. Cows. Yes. Okay. Just had a
0: baby one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A year. Any year. Uh, 1642. 1642. What? Significant to you? Yeah, <laughs> Somehow, maybe. No, you said high school was in the 70s. Anyway, uh, adjective. An
2: Adjective. Oh.
0: Amber? Amber. I'm talking Amber. Another noun?
2: Another noun. Uh, a big mouth bass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like
2: that. Big mouth bass. Yeah. A noun. A noun. Uh, mm, uh, Brewhouse. Brewhouse, brewhouse, yes.
0: Okay. You know what? That makes sense again.
2: We're going too close to home.
0: <laughs> too close to home. Okay. Another noun.
2: Another noun. It's like it's like you read this ahead of time. Well, I might have. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's say uh, tavern. Okay.
0: It's still kind of close, but we'll, yeah. we'll go with it. Okay. Um, an adjective. Heated. Heated.
2: Why not? I like I, that. I, I, I'm feeling heated in here. Actually, <laughs> it is it's warm. It's warm.
0: It's it's beautiful out. Is
2: um,
1: it hot in here, or is it just me, Lauren? <laughs> it's you. You are
0: hot. Okay. Um, and a verb ending in ing.
2: Okay. Now this this brewing thing hasn't worked out so good. So, uh, oh, gosh, driving. Oh, driving. That, that could okay. be scary.
0: Well, let's see what happens. And now, Don Barkley. This is your bio mm. as taken from the Napa Smith Brewery website, which I should have written down, which is NapaSmith.com, I believe. Well, that's right. Exactly. Okay, so mm-hmm. folks can go to NapaSmith.com, find out a little bit more about you, about the brewery, what beers you're making, the pub's hours. Yep. Events that are
2: coming up. All that stuff. There's a Facebook page, I believe. Yes, there is. Your picture's on it. Uh, And I don't do much Facebook, so I I, I hardly even know about that part of it.
0: Oh, do you keep up the Facebook page or someone else? Oh, okay. (laughs) Good. Okay. So this is your bio as rewritten by you just now in Mad Lib form, which is why all those brew things just made way too much sense. (laughs) Here we go. Here at Napa Smith Brewery, We are proud to feature the cows of America's most experienced craft brewer, Don Barkley. (laughs) Don started making craft beer in 1642 at Amber Albion Brewery. Brewery, that's a hard word to say. It, it, it is sometimes, especially. Lauren, give that one a shot. Brewery. Brewery. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, When Don, oh, okay. Uh, new Albion Brewery, America's first new big mouth bass since Prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> when Don started, budgets were tight, so he really did work for taverns. Oh, you told us earlier, you're working for beer. Yeah, that's right. Uh While living in a small tent on the mountainside above the brewery. (laughs) Say that again, Lauren. Brewery. Thank you. I'm just going to point to you each time we need to say that. All right. While living in a small tent on the mountainside above the brewery, Don is now being paid a heated salary. <laughs> but don't worry. He still gets taverns. Okay. I guess that was supposed to be beer originally. Yeah, right. Okay. Because. He is doing what he loves and driving on the family legacy. Yes. Well done, yes. sir. It Wonderful. is, it is uh, Don Barkley and a pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, Folks, head on down to Napa Smith Brewery. They're open until 7 p.m., and we'll see you next time.